Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show, the fall 2022 edition. <laughs> Man, it's cold out there today. <laughs> it is cold. It's cold. It, it, I'll tell you what, our... our Summers, start to our summers, definitely felt like a, an early spring, to be honest with you. We yeah. haven't had a great summer so far. No kidding. Man, it was a little chilly. Hello to Frank. Hello to Paul. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. Got your long underwear on? My <laughs> underwear on. Got the sweaters on and the pants. It's very hard to believe Very hard to believe that we are at, what are we today, this 18th? So we're getting near the end of our, our June, and we're still in sweaters and pants. Does this does this do anything to the market, Paul? Psychologically, to people when it gets colder, this is just a little blip. Eh? No, I think this is a little blip. But keep in mind, when when the weather's nice and it's nice and sunny, people have that they want to go out and do things, whether it's looking at houses or shopping or whatever it is. They want to go outside and do things, and so we always find that our market, especially when the summer starts and it, it starts to be absolutely beautiful, uh, it, there's more optimism in the market. And it's right now we're seeing. Uh, a very, very changing market. I mean, like it's a, it's a t- completely, when I say it's flipping, it's flipped. It's a total flipped market. Uh, the number of listings are starting to pour on the market, which is not a bad thing. Uh, you know, last week on the show, I mentioned there's 2,140 active homes on the market. Right now there's 2,646, so another 500 homes sitting on the market. So it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely a different market. I, I actually uh, helped someone buy a home this week and it was, um, you know, I, we, we have the ability through our showing time app to see, how many showings are on a property and it was a brand new property that just hit the market. And there's like three showings on it. And it was like, it was just a really, really weird market we're going into right now. Very weird. Nobody's got the money, right? Well, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the discretionary spending is, is, is going to come to a halt for sure. I worry about the restaurants and that kind of stuff, you know, as the interest rates go up and Frank will probably comment on this, but they're now talking about a three quarter hike in July, Frank. Yeah, that's uh, the bond market is priced it in already. And you're absolutely right on restaurants. I had a friend of mine that I was out to dinner with last night, and she said she went to uh, a popular restaurant on, on Hunt Club in Riverside, which normally at uh, lunchtime is jammed. Two tables in the whole place at lunchtime. Wow. She was shocked. Mm-hmm. Shocked. Now, again, a lot of it's people are working from home, so they're not necessarily going out. But on a beautiful Friday you know, afternoon, generally these restaurants are packed in here. Two tables, this whole restaurant that probably holds about 300 people. She said there were two tables there. It's Unbelievable. Probably actually, it's probably going to eventually hit the uh, the travel industry again too, right? I mean, you, I, I'm taking um, Angie and Joss and I are going on a conference in August to go to Dallas, Texas. Just the flights alone were insane. Like the cost of them and trying to get good flights. I mean, Dallas should be a hop, skip and a jump. It was it's like a nine hour flight now by the time you do all the yeah. going through this airport and that air. Like it was, it was absolutely nuts. And I think it might hit the travel, the travel industry as well. Now saying that you don't want to travel through Pearson air, airport anyways. I mean, that's what the troubles that are going on there, but yeah, I think the, the raising of these interest rates, inflation, you know, the price of homes, I, I think it's putting a, a damper on people's discretionary spending and, and rightfully so. Right. I, I was talking to a realtor uh, this week, Paul, who's in uh, Michigan. And he said, right up until March, Market was absolutely booming, very similar to here, over ask, lots of offers. And if you make an offer, it has to be a clean offer, no conditions. And all of a sudden, once the interest rate started to go up, he goes, now crickets. Nothing is selling. Uh, You you can list your property, but you're probably going to get less than what you're asking for. Uh, All of a sudden, because in the U.S., the interest rates have gone from the high twos, low threes for 30-year, up to the mid fives to low sixes. So... 
that's significant. And the same thing is happening with a friend of mine who said he's looking for a property in Florida. All he's getting now from the realtor, price reduction, price reduction, price reduction across the board. Well, it's funny. I looked this morning. I was looking at uh, single family homes in a certain area, and there was 12 of them. And seven of them had the price reduction arrows, seven of the 12. So it's like, it's, it's coming. I mean, and we're, we're, we're seeing it all the time. We're actually seeing cancels and realists. We're seeing expiring properties too, which you've never heard of before. And you mentioned March, Frank, our, our average sale price, the start of the year was 645,000. By the end of March, it was 738. So about $92,000 up right now at the end of May, it was 734. So we've actually gone downhill about $3,500. Which, now, let's be clear, though, right, to our viewers. It doesn't mean that your property value has come down tremendously. It just means that you're not going to get the craziness that we've experienced over the last 18 months or so. And you have to list your house at the right price. And the, the right price may not be what the one down the road from you sold in February or March, because those were probably elevated prices, right? Yeah, absolutely. Totally elevated prices. We we did a deal this week where the, the, the lady, the, the client wanted about 850,000 for this property and they ended up selling it for 750, which was market value. So back in February, when it was insane, someone might've paid that for it, but we're not in that insane market. We still paid market value, but it's just not as insane as what it was. What's the strategy now, Paul? Do you list below market value or at market value? It all depends on what you're selling and what area you're selling in. I mean, there's still some areas that are quite hot. Um, and there's, you know, then there's other areas that if you, if you don't list it at market value, if not a little bit less than market value, it's just not going to sell. I mean, my, my girlfriend's house, when we sold it, we sold it just at the right time because she got way over asking price. The neighbor went on the market two weeks later, so it went on at six ninety nine, same price, sold just over asking price. And it was a bigger home more bedrooms. And so got, he got about $140,000 less than what my girlfriend got. So, so yeah, like Frank and I are saying, we're, there's not, this is not a doom and gloom because our average sale price has gone up 200, over $200,000 in the last 16 months, 17 months. So it's not definitely not doom and gloom. You've, you've, if you're selling now, you're still having all that appreciation over those last 16 months. So don't panic. Your house is still selling for a, a lot more than what it would have in a, just a normal Ottawa market. Is it doom and gloom for people that bought in February? No, 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 no. Listen, real estate is a long-term play. So what you paid in February or March, you, you might feel right now that maybe you overpaid for that property. Give it a year. Give it a year and you're going to be laughing, right? So I always say real estate, if you're looking at real estate to be like this, you know, in and out, then yeah, maybe you are a little bit in trouble if you bought in February. But if it's a long-term play, don't panic. Don't panic at all. You're, you're in the driver's seat. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Let's go to the phone. Say hello to Ron. Hello, Ron. Yes, I read in the Financial Post uh, this week that a quarter of homes could be underwater with their mortgage. And that's a little stretch because a third of us are renters and half of us have our homes paid for. And most people will pay. Mortgage defaults are very, very low. I agree. Like, I don't I, I don't understand where that story came from. There's lots of stories. And listen, I mean, I think over the years we've read stories where, you know, 30% of Canadians are one paycheck away from uh, being in trouble. And we, I don't see it personally for all the applications that, that come across our desk. We don't see it. We don't know where that statistic comes from exactly. Well, that was just but a survey, I, right, Frank? That was just how people felt, that they thought that if interest rates went up, they would be underwater. They wouldn't be able to. Don't afford. we study history and remember in the 80s, we had interest rates at 17 and 18%? For sure. But inflation was also at 
double digits then That's too. Right. So, you know, now our inflation's at six. We're, the, you know, the Bank of Canada's trying to manage it. Personally, I mean, I feel duped by the Bank of Canada because, you know, Tiff Macklem came on a short 16 months ago and told Canadians, go ahead and make your purchases. You know, interest rates are going to remain low for a very, very long time. In hindsight, he shouldn't have been that confident with that statement because it did kind of, you know, tell Canadians and a lot of them, myself included, to say a variable might be a, a wise option. And yet the variable was not the wise option based on what's happened now. Did he foresee a war in Russia, Ukraine? And, you know, for some reason, we're a government and we're a country that has lots of oil, but we sell our oil because we can't refine it at a cheaper price. And then we pay more to get it back. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So there's when a lot of people come to you for there. a mortgage, Frank. How much yep. down payment do they usually have? Well, again, it varies. I've, you know, I've been around for a long time, so I've got a client base that's more mature. So therefore, okay. you know, they've got significant down payments. I still get the odd. And I, again, I've been around long enough that now I'm, I'm getting my clients' kids that are buying and some of them are coming in. But we're seeing less and less 5% down because 5% isn't a true 5% anymore. When you're, you can only get 5% down on the first 500 and then it ends up being 10% of the balance. So if your average home today is, uh, you know, 700000 you're having to put $45,000 down, which is more than the 5% and, you know, closer to 7.5%. So, um, but again, those clients, keep in mind, you're right that the default is still way down. There's not a lot of defaults on mortgages because Canadians buy just the way that they're brought up. Most Canadians will make their mortgage payments. They'll sell their car to make their mortgage payments. They won't put themselves in a position where their mortgage falls behind, uh, number one. And then number two, at the end of the day, uh, are there people that stretch themselves? Sure, there are. Uh, and believe it or not, some of those people are people that have really good incomes. They're not the ones that are just barely getting by. They just live a lifestyle that they think it's never going to end. So uh, they just go all out and they buy a lot of expensive toys that they really don't need. And I think that's what we're going to see so start to diminish. Haven't any. Not one lender has come to us in the last two years with a foreclosure. And we used to get on average three or four a year. Haven't seen any. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Okay, welcome. You know what I learned in the entire segment? Frank is old. Experienced. Experienced. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. 521-TALK, 521-8255. To the phones we go, say hello to Catherine in Ottawa. Hello, Catherine. Hi, hi guys. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for your show. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Oh, thank you. And um, I'm just not understanding the market. So two months ago, the talk was, there's not enough housing. Let's build, build, build. Okay, now interest rates are up, prices are down. I'm just wondering what are builders doing? Because if they're slowing down their um, their activities, when interest rate comes down, isn't art prices going to go do a big jump again? I don't know. Well, for, first of all, doing? first of all, prices are not coming down, um, and secondly, builders are forging ahead. In fact, they're they're trying to find ways to get shovels on the ground even quicker. Lower last month though, Paul. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, it, it, it will pick up. It's definitely going to pick up. I mean, they, they need shovels in the ground. I mean, they're, but people have to, um, to qualify at the higher rate. Yeah. It, 
won't they at some point say, well, you know, we don't want to be stuck with all these <clears throat> unsold houses, so... But they don't build them until people buy them. Yeah, but people have to qualify. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, that's down tremendously. Listen, you know, most most houses that are being built today are townhouses really strategically designed for first-time home buyers or for downsizers. I mean, somebody that, you know, an older couple that might want to get out of a single home and get into a townhome. So that's what it's, it's strategically set up for. Now, the downsizers are still there, but the first-time home buyers, which really spurred the economy, I mean, Paul will tell you, it's the first-time home buyers that really spurred the economy on because then that opens up the door for those original first-time home buyers to be able to get move up to that next home. So I think that next home is available now for them to buy because they've done okay on their first home. The problem is there isn't anybody to buy their home today because you're right, qualifying is hard. The other thing you need to remember, we still have a supply shortage. Let's not kid ourselves. Canada is expected uh, expecting to allow 425,000 new Canadians to come to this country. And we're talking about individuals that are or families that are specifically looking for housing. Rental, and, and Paul will talk about how, how much the rental market has changed in the last couple of months. But the fact is that there's still supply shortage and they, the government still have to work together to make sure that the shovels get into the ground and the houses are built. Because as these people start to come to Canada, they're going to be looking for housing. And, they, and they're coming here, by the way, with significant down payments. So for them, and listen, there's some programs out, out there that I always say, like, this is unfair. But if you're new to Canada, there are programs out there for new Canadians to Canada that really allow them to qualify much easier than a Canadian would be able to qualify. And it's just a program there to help them get settled into Canada. So the qualifying becomes a little bit easier. So for them, they possibly could get a mortgage based on their circumstances. And keep in mind, Frank, you actually said it. Immigrants are coming to Canada now. They used to come with a suitcase. Now they're coming with a Louis Vuitton suitcase, right? There's a lot of immigrants coming to Canada with a lot of money. Uh, I was talking to my financial advisor yesterday. I'm invested in an alternative investment in Toronto. It's a high-rise condominium that's just being built, and they released the sales yesterday. There's within or the other day, sorry, not yesterday. Within 24 hours, they were sold out. It's a high-rise condominium. They were sold out with 3,000 applicants on the waiting list. So there's still people who are looking to buy properties, um, and we're, we have a huge housing shortage. So I'm not really too concerned about it. I mean, the housing the housing um, supply will increase. Um, it's you know, and interest rates. I believe, and Frank might correct me if I'm wrong, but I I believe the interest rates are are going to come down as we get it, go into a recession. I think we're gonna. This is not gonna be a long term play. I don't think. Okay. I guess Frank doesn't want to correct you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I you know, I just think that that we are in uncharted waters. I mean, we've never experienced. I mean, it took 30 years for Bank of Canada to raise prime by a half a percent, and they they've done it twice. And they've never risen prime by three quarters of a percentage point, And that is likely in July. This is, we've never experienced anything like this. We've never, again, I mean, I keep saying it's 2022. I can't believe that there's two countries at war. Like, I, I just can't believe that that's happening. And of all things, a country that really controls a lot of the oil and, and all the other countries have turned their back on it. And therefore, it's created the inflation. So the governments have let us down. Let's call a spade a spade. And, you know, in our country, I mean, we got a prime minister who, who's never thought about what the price of gas is because it doesn't impact them whatsoever, but he has no idea how much harm it's doing to a lot of Canadians. So we're going through this 
this cycle right now that I think is not going to last too much longer because it is going to start impacting a lot of Canadians and it's going to impact the labor market because they're all falling on the labor market and how tight it is and how unemployment's at record lows. But that's going to change if this continues for sure. Okay. Thanks, Catherine. Uh, Are you in the market to buy, Catherine? Is that what it is? So you're waiting it out or? No, just uh, possibly selling, but uh, we want to get a good, price on the house that we have here so but but again keep in mind when you're in the housing market you know if you may not get as much as you did in march so maybe you know people that are selling are saying i'm disappointed i wish i would have sold it in march but you gotta keep in mind if you're gonna buy another house you also would have paid more in march where now you might not get as much on your house but you'll also probably be able to get that same type of deal on the house you're buying. So you're really not that further behind yeah, you know, as much on, as people think that. Depends on what Catherine's selling. If she was sold last year, she probably would have been way less than where she is right now, right? Like the, the market has come up so drastic in the last four or five months. I mean, it's up, we're up $92,000 in five months. Like that's a lot. You know, if you would have sold last year, you would not have got anywhere near the dollar you're getting right now. So even though the market has softened a little bit, that's a little bit tighter, uh, you're still getting top dollar for your property. So anyone who's looking to sell, the message is don't panic. I mean, if you're looking at a long-term play, don't panic. Okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, Catherine. That's amazing amazing how quickly we look back to March and go, man, uh, they were so high in March. They're really not that much lower today than they were in March. And March was like home run town. Yeah. It's just there's... Right now, I mean, when I went to, when I sold mine and I sold my girlfriend's house, it was showing after showing after showing after showing. It's just not that crazy anymore with showings. And like Frank said, with the rise of the interest rates, it's hurting first time home buyers. They're not getting into the market. So those people are owning those townhomes that can't move up. It's just like a, it's like a perfect storm right now that, that will change. This is a short term blip. So don't panic. It's not a crash. It's just a little correction. Speaking of your girlfriend, we think it she, is anyway. Speaking like, of your like girlfriend, we, you, she just called from the cottage, and her boyfriend doesn't really like it out there much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny. My, my girlfriend went up with seven of her friends for a quiet little girls' night. Oh yeah. By, by seven o'clock, I got a video of her dancing on the island. <laughs> that was and at 7.30, I got a text from a buddy of mine who used to work at Hotshot saying he got a call to go out to some property in Dunrobin. So. Oh, oh, I might have to have a little conversation with that. <laughs> well, they, they really couldn't afford strippers because they asked me to come. <laughs> 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Paul Rushworth and Frank DePaulo-Tano. Paul, when you're selling a house these days now, are we going back to old school where you've got to have it ready to go and it's got to be pristine before it hits the market? Yeah, we went through a phase where um, it had to be pristine in order to sell. No one wanted to do the handyman specials. Um, Then we went through the pandemic where, you know, Anything could sell. It doesn't matter. I'd walk into houses and I'd say, they'd be like, okay, we want to fix this and paint this and do this. I'm like, no, just get it on the market the way it is. You know, there's no, no, you don't want to put lipstick on a pig. You just get it on the market, get it sold. It's going to sell. That's reversed again. People are looking for the turnkey. I mean, uh, some of the feedback I'm, I'm seeing is, yeah, love the place, but you know what? We don't really want to paint. 
you know, like just little things like that. Whereas before it didn't even matter. So yeah, if you're a seller out there, if you have some cosmetic work that you need to do to your house, it's worth doing. Uh, I would get us through the door first. Cause I'd hate to see you spend, you know, five, six, 10, 20, $40,000 doing some sort of upgrade that doesn't bring you the value. So make sure you get us through the door. And the little things that will bring the value are paint, um, light fixtures, cleanliness, decluttering, little things like that. Curb appeal, curb appeal is still the most important thing. Those are the little things that you can do that don't cost you a lot of money that will help you get your home sold. And probably one of the biggest two is decluttering. You want to try cheat on square footage. If you can cheat on square footage, it allows you to get a higher price. So you want to make sure that house shows bigger, get rid of the personal pictures uh, and just make sure it's, you're basically moving out of your home when you're selling your home. So it's not your home anymore. And you forget that, eh, Paul, even though I know you just sold and every time I've sold a house, I, I, I know it's not my house when it's listed, but then the minute you actually listed, you go, wow, this really is my house. I got to get out of here. Yeah, no, I took down all the naked pictures I had of myself around the house and I, you know, I decluttered it. Oh, you wanted to get more value. (laughs) Yes, yeah. No, it's it's really not your house, especially when we're during the pandemic. I mean, when I put my house on the market, I actually lived at my girlfriend's house. I just, I'd come in the morning and turn the lights on. I'd come at night and turn the lights off and make sure everything looked great. Um, What about about selling a house when you have pets? Should you, should the pets be away? The pets should be away and also don't have any remnants of the pet. What I'm saying is like, I was showing a house to a buddy this week, this week. And yes, I was Steve actually showing a house to a buddy. And for, we went into the house and there's downstairs in the basement, there was a huge dog crate and they're like, Oh, they got a big dog. Right. So some people love the animals. Some people don't like animals. Some people are allergic to animals. So if you have a dog, make sure obviously the dog's out of the house, but also make sure that there's no remnants of the animal. Um, Cause like I said, 50% of the world just doesn't want to have a dog. Uh, the other one is smoke. Smoking is probably one of the biggest things too. We were we walked in a house this time this week, and you could tell that the lady was smoking in the garage. As soon as we opened the door, they're like, "I smell smoke," and I'm like, "Well, I've broken my nose so many times, I can't smell it." And they're like, "No, someone's definitely smoked in here." And then we went and looked at the garage. It was like, "Oh, a waff of smoke." Here's the thing: even smokers hate smoke in a house, so make sure that you that, that's a big one as well. So you can like, get the, you can get them bombed though, right? You can. There's a company, a few companies out there that, yeah, I wouldn't use the word bombed, but I, you could. I, there's companies out there that defumigate the smoke. Uh, but keep in mind, it's in the paint, it's in the curtains, it's yeah. in the carpet, it's in just about everything. So, if you're a smoker, don't even smoke on your front porch. Like front, go smoke at the end of your driveway. But keep in mind, when you come inside, it's on your clothes, so therefore it's getting into the house. So it's tough. I mean, I'm. Luckily, there's not a lot of smokers out there these days, but it's it's smoking kills the kills the let's call the ambiance of your house for sure. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. Let's go to Ottawa. Say hello to Michael. Hello, Mike. Hello. How are you? Great, great. Good. Um, I'm buying a house, closing at the end of the month. I can pay half of it cash, <clears throat> and for the other half, uh, I have another house that I have a line of credit at four point two percent interest rate, or do I go for a loan? So, sorry, you've got a line of credit, a uh, home equity line of credit, four point two, which means you've got a home equity line of credit prime plus a half. That's for your house you're living in right now, right? Well, the house we're living in is all paid. This is another one that we're buying. Yeah. So that one that we're buying, which is closing at the end of the month, we yeah. pay half of it down with cash. Yeah. We have, and for the other half, should I use my line of credit at four point two percent? Well, or, or uh, who's your line of credit with? Which bank? The Royal. 
So Royal Bank, I think within their line of credit, you can convert it to a mortgage. I would recommend, you know, unless your plans are to pay it off quickly. I mean, the, the benefit of a line of credit, home equity line of credit, totally open. So you're paying more, interest-only payments, and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, if, you're, if your plan is to pay it off soon. So in other words, are you selling this house to, to, to buy the other one? or and you're just We're keeping both. You're going to rent it? Uh, my daughter's going to live in it. Yeah, your daughter's going to live in it. So so I think it makes sense to maybe, if you don't plan on paying it off quickly, I would say do a variable rate mortgage where you can probably get prime minus a half. So therefore, instead of, you know, that's a 1% difference. And the, depending on the amount, if it's a couple of hundred thousand bucks, well, that's 2,000 bucks a year you're saving by going with a variable uh, rate mortgage instead of a line of credit. The only difference is that with the line of credit, it's interest-only payments, and with the variable rate mortgage, you've got some principal in there. So your payment will be higher, but you'll be paying less interest. Okay, I see. Yeah. Okay, makes sense. Okay. Thank yeah. You. So, so it depends on uh, on where you're at. But if you think it's going to be long term, I would say do a variable rate mortgage because you'll save that one percent um, interest every year. Yeah, I think that's the way we're going to go. Yeah. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Frank. The one, th the one thing that people get caught into a trap doing that when you say it's interest only, a lot of people don't ever find the money to put down on that line of credit. Of course, you know what I mean. So they're just paying interest. They're like, oh, it's only a few hundred bucks a month or five hundred bucks a month, and they don't take that extra money and throw it down. And that's probably the biggest trap. And it's, those old mortgages, I'm not going to say the company's name, but you know who I'm talking about. Those old mortgages where you're, you know, it's interest only, and you can throw down money anytime you want, but. You know what? Life happens. People get busy, yeah. and that money goes towards something else usually, right? Yeah, you got to be. It does, but it, yeah, but again, in this circumstance, sounds like maybe he's helping his daughter out, and maybe you know there is a financial crunch there, and 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 maybe you know for short term, it's okay to do that. It's just not a lot. It doesn't make sense to do long term. But let's you know, let's call a spade a spade. Our financial system is flawed in Canada because we allow credit card companies to issue credit cards. And you get a statement that says that if you make your minimum payment, you'll have it paid off in 68 years, where somehow we limit what happens on mortgages. So I will tell you this, though, part of the financial system and part of the changes that OSFI is looking at, they are going to go after home equity lines of credits again. They are, for some reason, they've got their back up against home equity lines of credits and Canadians having those available to them. So... A few years ago, they changed the rules to just 65%. I would not be surprised if that one of the next moves that OSFI makes is to maybe bring that number down to 50%. Wow. So they are, uh, uh, and again, there's a part of me that understands it, but then there's the other part of me that says, wait a second, why does the government get to tell me what I do with the equity in my house? Yeah. Like, we're, like, like it's my equity, and if a lender wants to lend me a certain amount, why Why is the government getting their hands in that? Why isn't, like, that's my business. I, I understand trying to put some limits on things, but, you know, all it does is everybody finds shortcuts. Everybody finds ways around these things. So uh, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but uh, but I expect that that might be one of the next moves that's going to happen. If they, if they want to get involved in anything, get involved in credit cards. That's where the debt is. The debt's not a, I mean, everyone's carrying mortgage debt, but well, do you know the stat, Frank, how many people ha own their house out, outright, maybe in Ontario or Canada? Quite high. Well, quite high. Uh, it, very high. high. Very yeah. high. And the amount of equity that's in a home, and that's what's driving me nuts sometimes, is all I hear about the debt, the debt, the debt. Nobody talks about the fact that Canadians have more equity in their homes than they ever have based on what the values of uh, what's happened with the values. And for some of the older Canadians out there, which according to earlier in the show, I'm one of them, uh, <laughs> according to what you guys said. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
if you really look at some of the seniors that have really been struggling to get by, at least if they kept their homes, they've got a ton of equity in their home now that they never had before. And if they want to do a mortgage, which is more expensive, but the reverse mortgage, which is gaining a lot of popularity, they're in a really good position to do it and get the maximum money that they can and be able to continue to stay in their home and live a comfortable lifestyle. So the one thing, the one thing I'm glad some banks have, have changed uh, is the, for investors, the number of doors. I know for the longest time, there was most of the banks, if not all the banks at the time were like a five door max. As long as you, you had, was it five door or five places? I think it was five. Most are still there. Most are still yeah. there. And yeah. some have stretched it a little bit. Yeah, there's some um, banks that have, and, and, and I believe in that. I believe in building wealth, and I know there's times where, you know, I have more doors than that, and so there's times where they turn me down. I'm like, I have tons of equity in every invest, investment property I own. Why are you turning me down? Oh, you're to, because you're, you're maxed at your number of doors. Well, they want to limit their own exposure, number one. I mean, that's usually the biggest reason is they'll say, you know what, we'll lend you X amount. Once you go over this amount, like, go somewhere else. It's okay. You can bring your business somewhere else, number one. And number two... There's a fear in their eyes that either if the real estate market crashes or the rental market crashes, they're at risk. So, you know, it's just a risk game for them. And basically, they want to minimize their risk as much as possible. And let's, you know, we're fortunate as rich as they are. And I was at a corporate event this, you know, this week and, and you know, the, this bank does go all out for us and does reward us nicely. But at the end of the day, they are watching their dollars, even though they make $11 billion a year in profit, they are still so wound up about making sure, you know, they're talking about giving up some of their real estate space now because their people are not going back to work. They're, they do all those things way ahead, uh, and, but they are hiring. I will give the banks credit for this. They are in a huge huge right now their hiring is off the charts but they're having a tough time finding qualified people just like everybody else seems to be Frank, I, I, steve i know you got to go to the phones remind me why i want to talk about the rental market when we're done all right uh colette you've been waiting a long time hello we're ready for good morning you. hello um i'm just concerned i i just got an email from my bank and they're uh, migrating all the members to the new platform which is digital banking <laughs> uh, we have no choice. That's what they're doing, okay? And I'm wondering how does that affect if you, uh, affect you um, for buying a home or in any other way? Well, I'm going to say one thing about the digital banking, and there's uh, two words that have really come across my desk an awful lot over the last six months, and it's called open banking. And what is happening is the government is trying to slowly but gradually get open banking in the system. And what open banking is, is when you complete an application for a mortgage, one of the little fine print clauses is going to be that you also concur to open banking. What open banking does is it allows, so let's say you're applying for a mortgage with TD Bank, mm -hmm. but you bank at Scotiabank. Right. TD, will ha you're giving TD authorization to be able to look at your Scotiabank account for a 12-month period because specifically what they're looking for is to see where the down payment is coming from and they're specifically looking for what your activity is like so that you know if there's NSFs there then they want to be able to say yeah I don't think so we're not going to lend to you because you're already struggling to pay your rent so that's the kind of things that we're seeing digital banking is okay I mean I think most of us pay our bills online so that's technically digital banking but I will tell you there are some seniors and my dad was one of them he went to his bank and listen my bank is uh, my dad is old school he has a bank book 
He likes the passbook. You remember those, Steve? You I probably do. still have oh, one. I remember them. Right? Yeah. Right. I'm too so the, young. I'm too young. The <laughs> bank took it away from him and said, no, no, you can't have this. We're going to change you to a statement. And my dad doesn't speak English very well. And he came home and he's all frazzled because he doesn't know how much is in his bank. His, his book is what tells him how much money he has all the time. So uh, I had to go back to the bank, talk to the manager, and they actually grandfathered him with the bank book. They gave him back a passbook. But wow. uh, again, you're going to start to see that stuff. And I wouldn't fear digital banking, but you may have to read more of the contracts that you signed because there's a lot of fine print in there. Yeah, uh, I find it scary. <laughs> well, it's actually they know more. Once, you can't hide anything. Once you get into it, you'll, you'll love it, Colette. Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, I know Steve. It's, Steve's panicking if they go to open banking. He doesn't want people seeing where his bank, where he's spending his money. <laughs> no, I don't want to kill people with laughter. <laughs> five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. All House and Rental Market doing in Ottawa right now. You know what's funny, Steve, is actually before the show, uh, a uh, friend of the show, Mike Garcetto, sent us a, um, a article, a CTV article about the rent prices, how, how much they're going up. And, you know, the, the rent is through the roof. I have a townhouse that's coming vacant. And I send an email out to my team saying, hey, guys, here's what I have. Three beds, three baths, blah, 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 blah. Um, <clears throat> let me know if you have anyone. I'll be renting it for anywhere between 21 and 2200 which I haven't looked at the rental market prices in probably two weeks. Uh, I didn't have a reason to. I got an email from one of my agents saying, Paul, have you not looked at the rental prices over the last little bit? They've skyrocketed. So I looked at the rental prices and it's true. They're skyrocketing like in suburbia now, like where, where this townhouse is in Orleans, they're renting now for between 24 and 25, $2,600 a month. And what's happening is I think with interest rates going where they are, there's more people, there's more uh, pressure on the rental market, more people looking to rent. And I think this is going to continue, uh, which is kind of scary. I mean, if someone's going to pay 25, 2600 for a townhome to rent, that's a lot. Well, it's a, a lot ton. plus good. Still cheaper than a mortgage payment, though. Yeah, I know. I yeah, know it's still cheaper than a mortgage payment. But good luck saving for your down payment if you're paying mm-hmm. that much, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 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 just crazy how the rental market has gone through the roof now, too. And, and for the longest time, we were hovering around, you know, in suburbia townhomes, anywhere from, you know, two to 22. Uh, now they're, that's that's cheap now. So, uh, and I look at some of the other ones that I have rented my my personal townhomes. I'm like, geez, I got to start up in my rents. So that's crazy. But, the market's gone up so quick. So it's not just the housing market. I think every market, every market change has an opportunity somewhere. Uh, and where that is, I mean, if you're someone who holds a lot of rental properties or has some rental properties, you're uh, in the driver's seat now too. I mean, there, for the longest time, we had people as the market was going crazy. Some people were selling their rental units. Well, now with the rents going up like they are, maybe it doesn't make sense to sell your rental yeah, units. Especially anymore. if you've had one for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, like, I've ha- I have a few that I've had for a long time. So my mortgage is next to nothing on them, right? And with the rents where they are right now, it's, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's good if you own those rental properties. I'd be holding on to those. I've always said, you know, and, uh, having as many doors as you possible is the best way to build wealth. And, you know, we went through a bit of a craze during the pandemic where the market was going absolutely insane. And there was a lot of people saying, hey, you know, I'd like being a landlord. I just don't love being a landlord. You know, I think it's time I cash in. And we, we were selling a lot of investment properties for people trying to cash in. But now that the rents are starting to skyrocket, I mean, if you can hold on to that, as long as you're okay being a landlord, if you can hold on to it, I would be holding on to your doors. 
All right, Frank, the elephant in the room, over 5% now for a five-year fixed. I know. Wow. Wow. Again, we saw a big spike in bond market uh, this week. Um, uh, it softened after the announcement because it, you know, it was apparent that uh, the feds were going to raise by three-quarters of a point. The market is definitely priced in a three-quarter of a point hike for July 13th. Bank of Canada might be a half, but right now three-quarters of a point is, uh, is uh, priced in. Uh, makes it even to me, I mean, number one, it's shocking that the rates have gone up as much as they have. I mean, you know, still many Canadians have no idea that the rates have gone from the ones 16 months ago to the fives. Now, we're st we still have a lot of lenders in the fours, uh, mid fours for a high ratio purchase. But you're, you know, when you're getting to a conventional purchase, you're in the very high fours and low fives. And, you know, some of the big banks are in the five and a quarter to 539 for a five-year fixed. So uh, those numbers have gone up tremendously. Even with a th three-quarter of a percent hike in July and potentially another one in early September when the next Bank of Canada is, I would still recommend variable at this point. Uh, you know, I, I compare it to you don't buy a stock when it hits its peak, which a lot of people do, and that's the mistake they make. And then they start getting mad that it comes down, and they just say, it's bad luck, I bought it at the wrong time. Well, you kind of did buy it at the wrong time, and that's the truth. The same thing with the with the mortgage. I think if you've got a mortgage coming up for renewal, you know, my recommendation would be take a variable. There are a lot of customers, and listen, I I feel bad because I recommend the variable based on I took the word of Tiff Macklem, I took the word of the economists that make a lot more money than I do and are paid to study this stuff. And even they recommended that uh, Bank of Canada wouldn't be raising as quickly as they did. So Yeah, but even you know, still, I, you're still paying less variable than you are five-year fixed. Yeah, but again, I mean, you know, clients are looking at it saying, well, Frank, like, you know, I had a chance to lock in at 2.49 six months ago, and I, you know, I stayed in the variable, and now my variable rate's up to 3.2. Like, you know, I wish I would have locked in. And yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't see what was happening. I don't think Paul saw it. I don't think you saw it, Steve. The truth is economists didn't see it, and Bank of Canada didn't see it six months ago. So uh, I think it is a blip, and I think that, uh, again, I recommend a variable right now. And if you're in a variable, you gotta, you, you, you just got to stick it out right now because I do think that those rates will come back down, especially if we go through some of the, some of the pain that we're going to go through moving forward with the, uh, with the economy. Birthdays, Frank? Yeah. Uh, got a couple. Uh, my father-in-law, my favorite father-in-law, celebrating his birthday this week. Uh, June 21st, which is what, the longest day of the year, daylight year, yes. Steve, unfortunately goes the other way the day after. My good friend Shannon Parker, who also sold her house this week, happy birthday to Shannon, old lady, turning the big 6-0. Uh, my good friend Bruno Paravan from TD Canada Trust, and I hope to see a lot of people at Italian week. Uh, again, uh, it's Italian week, uh, so down on Preston, first time in three years. Unfortunately, the weather wasn't so cooperative last night, but hopefully it's a little bit better uh, today and tomorrow so we can see lots of people out on uh, Preston Street. Awesome. Uh, there'll be a lot of uh, Camaros and all that on the streets. Grand there'll Zan. be a lot of <laughs> Ferraris. Ferraris. <laughs> Ferraris. Okay. We actually I, sponsored the Ferrari Festival, so there's going to be lots of Ferraris there on Do Preston we have Street to step tomorrow. over you by the curb as the night progresses? <laughs> I have a couple. I have a couple. I had uh, Rob Dill and Deborah Bourne from my team celebrated three years with the team on Friday. So nice. I'll be to them. And uh, I will be heading up to the cottage later. So if Petra's listening, I hope she has a lot of the footprints off the ice. Island, cleaned up all the bo booze bottles and I should be there <laughs> and her friends are gone
<laughs> well, they will be when Paul shows up. <laughs> yeah, they'll be gone as soon as I walk in the door. <laughs> Have a great week, gentlemen. Have a great week. Please continue to support local businesses and charities, everyone.